Uh, as Jacqueline said, my name is Richard Shinam, Head of Evidence and Effective Practice Offer, which I've been doing since September, October last year. I've been in Offer for about six years and I was in Hefke for about three years before that, so I'm probably an institutionalised civil servant now. Um, but fortunately I'm also doing a secondment at University of Bristol at the moment, doing some research into work working class males, um, which is fascinating. Um, I'm not actually going to be talking about that today, but if anybody does want to talk about it. Afterwards. Yes, sorry. I have got a very quiet, monotone voice, I'm afraid. So I will try. <laughs> yeah. So, what I'm going to talk about today um, offers use of research. I'm just going to quickly run through what our aims, what we're trying to achieve, and the approach that we take, and then a bit about the process, because I think that would be helpful to set some context, particularly around how research and researchers are involved in our work. And I'm going to talk through three examples of our projects. Um, I have I purposely not I'm purposely not going to talk about our outreach project because Siobhan is going to talk about that. And I don't want to give away any spoilers. So, just quickly, um, these are our aims, and this is in our evidence strategy, which sits underneath our strategic plan. Um, in our in our strategic plan, we have three ways of working, which is around understand, challenge, and champion. And so our aims map onto that. And it's fairly simple stuff, but we're trying to. So the understand one is around growing the depth and quality of evaluation in the sector. The challenge one is ensuring that evaluation is informing improvements in understanding and practice. And then champion is making sure that we're demonstrating where there is effective practice and disseminating that effectively. And I haven't, I haven't normally when I do this presentation, I kind of set out what strategy looks like, but I thought it was more helpful to explain our approach and the way that we work. So this is our approach and we stick to it pretty rigidly. Um, so all of our research projects are collaborative and that's in design and implementation. So rather than offer coming up with a project, we do that, we consult and we involve um, the sector, particularly academic, the academic community and other key stakeholders. We, we, we aim to develop context-specific approaches, so rather than top-down, one-size-fits-all approaches. And I think that's really important for us, that it's, we challenge institutions to understand what works within their own context, rather than telling them that something works and therefore everybody else should be doing that too. Um, like I said, that we, we're, not, we're not keen on one-size-fits-all approaches, we're much, much more keen on bottom-up collaborative approaches. Um, our projects are led by institutions, um, so as you'll see from Siobhan's presentation, our projects pretty much are always led by academics and institutions, and these range from experienced professors um, and also people at the beginning of their research careers. And it's, we also look to do evaluation that's scalable and transferable, so I think it's linked to that one-size-fits-all approach that if we're producing something, it should be transferable across the sector. So our financial support tools that we've produced, um, they are as transferable as possible. I think that most universities across the sector should be able to use them. And that, that's certainly the aim of all our other projects too. And then finally, we try and get sector level buy-in. Um, and hopefully by doing all these things, we, we get that um, by taking that collaborative approach rather than that top-down one. So just a bit about process. Um, it's a bit of a 
boring um, chart, but I think it, 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 I think it's useful to understand the process that we take. So, like any research project, I presume you have a planning stage, an implementation stage, and a dissemination stage. And these are the things that we do within each of those stages. So we'll set our research focus, and we'll set that based on where there's a key gap in our knowledge. And so the two areas that we've been focusing on over the last three or four years since we had our strategy are around understanding the impact of financial support and now understanding the impact of outreach, um, because both of those areas um, have quite patchy evidence generally at, on a national level and at an institutional level. One of the first things we, we tend to do to try and address that is either undertake ourselves or commission a literature review in that area and then possibly do a call for evidence as well, asking for the sector to tell us what evidence they have in that area. That then gives us enough understanding to set up uh, a task and finish group or a round table and we would invite sector experts to help us formulate what that project might look like and that would always include key academics in the sector. Then move on to the implementation stage, so we publish invitations to tender and we've got one coming out next week and a couple more in the next couple of months and then we'll set up a steering group alongside um, the project group which again will be heavily focused on academic representation. We then commission research and almost always we produce guidance and evaluation tools to support the sector to do that evaluation themselves, like I said, within their own context. And then we use institutional support to test and pilot the outputs that we produce to make sure that they're robust and rigorous and transferable. And then finally we move on to the dissemination stage which I think is the, the most interesting, exciting bit. Um, so when we're publishing our outputs, we try and encourage early adopters to start using the tools to find out are they actually helpful, are they usable, are they working, what are the problems with them. We then present our findings and we use our comms team to get those findings out there and present things at conferences. And then what we're trying to do at the moment is set up communities of practice, so particularly around our financial support evaluation tools. We're, we, we think up to about 80 institutions, universities are using those, um, but we want to get those, those institutions talking to each other because there's a wide variation of bursaries and scholarships and students receiving those, that support. And there's lots of different challenges, so I think it's useful if institutions are happy to share findings, talk about the issues that they've had, because um, they may not always want to report that to offer. Um, so that, so that's, that's the process that we try and take with our projects. And only really the financial support project has got to that, that final bullet on the dissemination stage. The other projects that we're doing, which I'll talk about, are still either at the planning or implementation stage. And that's because our evidence strategy is only a few years old. So taking time for these things to, to flow through. So how does Offer actually use research? I don't know if it should say why does Offer use research or how, but I think either one works. So we always use research to inform our policies and guidance, and if, if we weren't doing that then there wouldn't be much point. Um, so for example, the outputs from our financial support project have allowed us to take quite a strong position in our guidance around how institutions should be evaluating and what a robust approach looks like. Clearly, like anyone, we use research to fill gaps in our knowledge. So, like I said, we use literature reviews, call for evidence, so we get a better understanding of what the latest approaches are and what the evidence is showing. We also use research to support our policy advisors who are assessing 
access agreements as we speak um, and having regular contact with universities and colleges and they need to, they need to be informed um, about what the latest evidence is showing so for example our whole institution approach project which is led by Liz Thomas um, that will provide guidance that allows offer policy advisors to assess what institutions are doing and challenge and support them to make improvements. Ultimately we're trying to influence and change institutional behaviour and we believe that being evidence-led is key to that. By working collaboratively with academics and people in WP we think we're more likely to get that buy-in. And I've put the final one to persuade government so because offer holds lots of valuable data around access agreements, qualitative and quantitative, and we do use that to try and persuade government, <laughs> and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So the, the policy around attainment raising in schools, which has been recently come up and is in the latest Green Paper, the wording in that Green Paper is a lot stronger than the guidance in the offer access agreement guidance, which is far more flexible for institutions, and we were able to persuade government that that was the approach to take possibly that whole policy may get scrapped. Um, I won't say anything more because we're on the podcast, aren't we? So, <laughs> um, so just thought I would talk through some projects to give you some examples of how we're using research. <coughs> um, our financial support project used research and academic expertise to fill a gap in the evidence. So national level data on whether bursaries have an impact failed to find evidence across the board. Institutional level evidence was patchy. There, there are some examples, there were some examples of impact, but generally it was inconclusive. So we wanted to produce something to support universities to evaluate the impact of their own bursaries and financial support schemes. We went through our usual process of commissioning a literature review and a call for evidence, and then we asked institutions for in, during the, in the monitoring to tell us what they were doing in this area and what impact they had. We also spoke to some of the key academics in the area, such as Claire Callender and Liz Thomas and Tony Hoare and other people, to support us to formulate the project and then we set up a task and finish group. We then commissioned Jacqueline's colleagues in Sheffield Hallam and four other partner HEIs to undertake the research and they produced what I think are some really brilliant evaluation tools which are now being used by a significant proportion in the sector so we're really happy with how that project's gone and without academic support and expertise we wouldn't be in the position to do that um, and I think our previous research proves that <laughs> because the sector weren't convinced by it whereas we're getting really good buy-in from this approach. I also want to talk about our Understanding Effective Whole Institution Approaches project, which is very much in implementation stage, not going to be published until September. But this this project, I suppose, had a slightly different aim in that we we're keen for institutions to take a whole institution approach, so that WP permeates the whole organisation rather than just being the responsibility of WP teams. And I think the sector, certainly the WP sector, are signed up to that. Um, but we've been pushing it in our guidance for a while without really having... We've, we've been struggling to assess and identify what good practice looks like and therefore we can't provide guidance back to the sector on it. So it was a no-win situation. So the aim of this project is to understand what does good practice, effective practice look like and how can offer assess that and then challenge and support the sector to make improvements. And 
where the, it's going to be published in September. Liz Thomas is leading on this one. There will be some guidance internally for offer to use, but there'll also be some. There'll be an external report, and there's a participatory event at the end of the month where um, to discuss some of the findings, which will then influence the final report. So we're really excited about this project, and hopefully it will have a big impact on the sector. And then the final project I wanted to talk about was our academic project um, or academic mentoring program. Some people. Some people don't like the word pracademic, it's not a real word, but we do. Um, and the, the project is, about, is around linking up, buddying, um, a mentoring programme between um, people who are at the early stage, well, people, WP practitioners who want to, who are doing research with a more experienced academic mentor. And the aims are to enhance that relationship between WP practitioners and academics, raise the profile of robust evaluation of WP activity nationally and internationally, because it is a, also an international project, and then support practitioners to present evaluations of their practice in refereed academic journals. So that allows them to share their work on a broader audience. And it, this project just ticks so many boxes for us because it supports our policies around encouraging institutions to link those sometimes different communities within an institution, and which feeds into a more whole institution approach and clearly it's relevant today because it will support the early career researchers to maximise the impact of their work and it's currently in a pilot phase and we're really hoping that the outcomes of, of that pilot will influence policy and practice within individual institutions and then spread more widely. And that, that's the end of our presentation so happy to take questions, have a discussion. Right, that's well, thank you very much.